This is Podco Media Networks. Hello and welcome to the Peace Love Plant Podcast. I'm your host, Marco Knox, aka the Phytogenic Chef. My guest today is a 22-year veteran of the NYPD. He served four terms as a United States Senator, and he's currently serving as the President of the Brooklyn Borough in New York, Mr. Eric Adams. If you've not heard Eric speak, prepare to be inspired, motivated, and ready to change the way you look at life. I mean that. This man has overcome many tragedies, and not one has rattled his cage. You see, Eric had lost his vision in his left eye, and he was beginning to lose the sight in his right eye. He had extensive nerve damage, and doctors stated he would need to have his fingers and his toes removed, all due to type 2 diabetes that he didn't even realize he had. Faced with this diagnosis, he took matters into his own hands, and he sought out the advice from the best plant-based doctors in the nation. Eric found a new way of life through a comprehensive whole food plant-based lifestyle, and as a result, he regained his vision, the nerve damage disappeared, and the diabetes was sent home packing. Maybe you've heard his story, or maybe this will be the first time. Whatever the case may be, I truly feel that you're going to be moved, as Eric's story further proves that we all have the power within to positively change and overcome what may feel like a devastating situation. So let's get dialed in and listen to the story of reversing diabetes with Eric Adams. Eric Adams, welcome to the Peace, Love, Plants podcast, my friend. Thank you for joining me today, especially during this unusual time we're all experiencing. Thank you so much, man. You know, powerful name of a podcast, Peace, Love, Plant, all goes together and people need to understand the significance and the power of words. Every sound means something to us internally. Absolutely. I like that. You know, that's the best intro I've had today. Thank you for that. That was powerful as well. So I want to dive right in. I know there's a lot going on in your world with the volatile times we're experiencing, but let's talk about your story because it's helped thousands of people reverse diabetes, take control of their health, experience a new life set that truly is transforming. And I've heard a lot of stories told, none more impactful than yours. So let's set the stage here. Let's go back to, you grew up in Brooklyn. You're a Brooklyn, New York guy. Take me through a little bit of the upbringing you had that helped shape your path to this day before we dive into the actual meat of the story, so to speak. Michael, it's really a never say die life from a woman who was just amazing. And I could stitch together a number of stories of my mom, but I think one story personifies who she was and what she instilled in all of us. You know, mom raised six children. She just had a very difficult time. She climbed up the rough side of the mountain, but never complained. All she did was put one hand over the other. There's just one story that I learned not until I was an adult. She cleaned other people's houses in iron shirts because she wanted to move us out of Gates Avenue into a house in Queens. She saved up enough money, hundreds of houses later, and actually was able to buy a house. And when she went to the closing, the attorney who she cleaned his house for He was the bank closing attorney. And when she walked in, he said, Dorothy, what are you doing here? My mother's name is Dorothy. And mom said, this is my house in a very humble voice. And after the closing, he went home. She went to his house. She cleaned it. And when she finished cleaning it, he fired her. He says, you know, who do you think you are? You're going to buy a house. She told me, you know, son, I went into the train station. 
And I yelled out, I cried, I screamed while the trains went by so no one would hear me. And I went back and I said, I have six children. I have to figure out how to keep this house. And she did for so many years. She still lives there now. It just says to me over and over again, watching her throughout the years of saying, if you are fortunate to live long enough, you're going to be unfortunate to experience pain. You need to figure out how to turn pain into purpose. And that is the goal of life. And when you turn pain into purpose, you start living a purposeful life. And that's what I commit myself to. So when those obstacles come up throughout life, it doesn't matter. I was arrested as a child, beat bad by police. I didn't just say, woe is me. I became a police officer and pushed for reforms in police department. I was studying to become a lieutenant and someone shot out my car window and threatened me. And I just went home and took the time to get into the peaceful moments and then went and continued to study to get promoted. There are moments like that. My story is no different than everyone else's story. Everyone can benchmark their lives by the pain. I choose to benchmark my life by the purpose. And that is how I face everything that comes in front of me. That is beautiful. You know, and it's so true. It rings true to me as well. Like you mentioned, everyone has a situation and a story. We've all walked this life and we've all faced very challenging times. And you have to get up. You can't lay on the ground. And like you mentioned, woe is me. And when am I going to get a break? You have to make your break. Dust yourself off, get up and get back after it, right? You got to make your break, you know? Instead of woe is me, why not me? Why can't I Why be not me? me? <laughs> yeah, I get to do this, not I have to. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that passion. I love that positivity. And that's contagious. As you mentioned when we first started off, the words have a ripple. The way you intend things to be, manifest. So let's fast forward now. That was a good breakdown of your childhood, into your professional career. Let's talk about the food choices you made, because obviously this is a big passion for me. My mission is to help reverse disease, no matter what it is, through the power of plants. You're the epitome of that in my mind. I mean, your story is, is compelling. You were facing type 2 diabetes in the throes of it, losing your vision. Take me through that. What was it like when you first heard the news? Yes, no, so true. I believe I was calling you Mike in the beginning. I apologize, Marco. That's okay. I have been called worse, Eric. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I'll take it. And if it was only diabetes, that would be a problem. But my body was breaking down. It was a crisis. And I didn't realize it throughout the years. Where we are now is not that we dropped into the life we're in. It's an accumulation of our actions. And that accumulation comes from all the things that we have consumed, not only visually and not only what we hear, uh, but also what we eat. It's oftentimes we think of consumption only dealing with food, but consumption is everything we take into our psyches, our spiritual anatomy, as well as our physical body. And so throughout the years, I had the traditional American diet, the traditional American diet on steroids because I was a cop. You know, we ate wherever we could, whatever we could, and the more greasy, the more sugary, the more fattening it was, the better it was. And I think that part of it was because we feed our trauma and we attempt to self-medicate ourselves with food because of just the horrific actions we see all the time, every day, all day. And we actually feed our inability to deal with those issues. And so after I left the police department, I became a state senator. Then I later became the borough president. But it was while I was in my first term as the borough president, I was away out of the country and I was feeling pain in my stomach. 
later turned out to be an ulcer. I thought it was colon cancer because I lost a friend to colon cancer and the pain wouldn't move. And I committed when I came back to America, I was going to go straight to my doctor because, you know, men normally you got to drag us to the doctor. And finally, I got there and he checked my colon, he checked my stomach and he told me I had an ulcer and he said my colon was fine. I had a polyp. That was it that he was able to remove. But he said the real issue was my diabetes. I had no idea I was diabetic. He says, Eric, your A1C, which is your blood glucose level, which is normally a 5.6. He says, you know, you're up in the high teens. I have to put you on insulin right away and three medications. And I told him, well, hold on for a moment. He said, Eric, you're going to be on medicine the rest of your life. And that just didn't sit right with me. And you know what was interesting, Marco, that when he first told me I was diabetic, part of me said, well, you knew it was coming. Your mother's diabetic. Your sisters and brothers are either diabetic or pre-diabetic. In the community of color, we sweeten the term diabetic and we say auntie has a little sugar. You know, so we normalize disease. We normalize dis-ease. You know, we just felt that that was part of as you hit your 30s, you get this disease. As you hit your 40s, you get this disease. And so we normalize it. And I just refuse to believe it. I went to five of the best doctors in the city, in this area, endocrinologists and those who study diabetes. And they all told me the same thing. They said, this is your fate. It's hereditary, runs in your family. There's nothing you could do about it. Take the insulin, take the steroids, and it's a wrap. You know, I just said, no. I like to say I did something extremely scientific. I went to Google and Google reversing diabetes. All of this information came up and I was able to get in contact with men and women now who are friends of mine, Dr. Esselton, Dr. Gregor, Dr. Bonnard. And I called Dr. Esselton, told him who I was and I would like to see him. He told me to fly to Ohio, got on a plane and flew down to see him. And he just gave me the pathway to life. He says, you know, it's either A or B. Because at that time, I lost my sight in my left eye. I had permanent nerve damage in my hands and feet. Doctor said, you're going to be blind in a year. You're going to lose something in toes. I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, just a whole American package. Now I look at myself now and I knew I was bloated and overweight, but I looked, you know, hey, there's a healthy American guy. But in fact, internally, I didn't take an internal selfie. Internally, I was, I was breaking down. And the loss of sight and that pain in my stomach actually saved my life. So that was the wake-up call. That was the, the catalyst, so to speak, that kind of forced you to really take that internal selfie, as you just mentioned. That's amazing. And isn't it fascinating how, I mean, I did it. I'll, I like to use myself as an example because I don't want to pick on anyone else. But I did the same thing. I was walking through life, dangerously high cholesterol. I didn't lose my sight, but I was starting to get nerve damage. I look at pictures just like you mentioned. And I can't believe that was even me. The inflammation was so obvious to me now, but so far from reality as I lived it. So that's fascinating how we can all walk through life and not even really realize that the standard American diet has us cuffed, so to speak. And that's so true, Marco. You know, what's fascinating is you said something that was powerful. You said it was a wake-up call. And, you know, life often gives us wake-up calls. We just keep hitting the snooze button until there's no more time to, you know, to wake up. Because we all get the signals, we all get the backaches, we all get the headaches, we all get the diagnosis, but we just say, you know what, one more chicken sandwich, one more steak, and it never ends. Because that's what I was alluding to earlier. Many of us don't realize we self-medicate ourselves and we attach food and behaviors 
to encounters and relationships. You know, if you know you have a problem with your lung and you're still smoking cigarettes, it's more than physical, it's emotional. If you know the doctor's telling you that you are pre-diabetic, yet you're still at Dunkin' Donuts eating those donuts and eating that steak, then it's obvious that there's a reason you're doing it beyond physical. And that's why I think one of the things our healthcare system must have, we must introduce behavioral scientists into our healthcare system because people need to know that the actions they're taking and why they're behaving in a certain way. And there are things we need to do. Any change of lifestyle based on food must come with a change of lifestyle based on how you find your inner peace. This is about self-care and wellness. And that's why meditation is part of what I do. That's why exercising is part of what I do. Moments to myself. You have to build that in because you're healing your body and you're healing your mind. And they are together. And that is so important for people to understand. If you just go to the doctor and he's just writing you a prescription, then all he's doing is treating your symptoms. He'll never treat your underlying cause and he'll never put you on a pathway of wellness and your symptoms will just cover up what is taking place in your body. I love that you mentioned that the holistic approach to things versus the reductionist. It is more than just food. The food is critical. You have to eat sustainable, healthy, whole foods, whole plant-based foods. But the mind, the meditation that you mentioned, I love that you brought that up because I was watching Instagram this morning, kind of scrolling through and I saw your workout last night with a shirt on that said mind. And I thought to myself, now here's a guy that really gets it. I thought he got it, but now I know he really gets it. That was beautiful. I got to say, Eric, I'd feel pretty safe if you were running my borough. I mean, you look pretty fit. And we try to do things like that. My office did a group meditation Sunday as well. My number one goal is, I thought I love that in the background. <laughs> My number one goal is to de-deify and demystify who I am as ball president, state senator, uh, police captain. I want to demystify that because sometimes you look at the titles of people, you walk into the doctor's office and you see the degrees on the walls or you walk into the attorney's office and you'll see his prestigious degrees. Listen, we're humble. There's nothing special about Eric Adams. I worry about my son and the tuition. And I worry about being able to put food on the table. I have my bad days. I have my good days. I worry about, you know, can I get my exercise in and how I could become creative? You know, we are the same. And I don't want people to think that because I'm the ball president, that title is not who I am. And I challenge your listeners to ask themselves, as I heard one author say, ask themselves, who are they? Strip that question down. Go past your title. Who are you is not, I'm an attorney. No. Who are you is not that I'm a father, mother. No. Go all the way down until you can find out exactly who you are, and then you'll find your purpose. And Health is wealth. And that's what I'd like to send out that message to people. And that's why a whole food plant-based diet is needed. You wouldn't put Coca-Cola in your car because it needs gas. It needs fuel. And so why are you putting something in your body that is going to clog up your engine, your heart, that's going to clog up your fuel lines, your arteries, that's going to clog up your tailpipe, your colon? Why are you going to 
put food in you that is going to destroy you. And the whole food plant-based diet is what I did, what my mother did at 80 years old, 15 years diabetic, seven years on insulin. She was able to get off insulin in two months. My eyesight came back in three weeks. You know, my nerve damage and the diabetes went in reverse after three months, no medicine. You know, the number of cases that people call me all the time. You know, Eric, we read the books you told us to read, How Not to Die by Dr. Greger, Preventing Reversing Heart Disease by Dr. Esselton, Reversing Diabetes, Dr. Barnard. You know, people have read them and they have witnessed a complete change in their lives, no longer in prison to prescriptions and bad food and bad habits. Your mind changed, your body changed. You no longer believe that you inherit disease because of your DNA. You start to see it that you inherit it because of your dinner, because of your breakfast, because of your lunch, and you could break yourself free from it. No doubt. And those doctors are all, they're magicians in my mind. And those are guys that I, I highly respect. I've had Barnard on the show. Gregor is scheduled to come on the show. Dr. Khan has come on the show. I mean, just brilliant minds that are out there saving lives, literally. One that I would add to that, and you may have heard of him, is Dr. Bruce Limpton. Yes. He really focuses on the mind and intention is powerful and you can create your own environment, become whatever you want in this world through the power of your mind. My buddy who I adore had lunch with him last year, Dr. Dispenser. Dr. Dispenser is, as I like to say, he's a beast. <laughs> he's going into places that is going to just change how we think about our bodies. We are so much more than what we were taught to be. If we just take the moment and spend time to delve into who and what we are, we see there's a beautiful journey out there. You know what's fascinating? The amount of time and energy we put into building a business, put into making sure our cars are ran right, that our house has the right paint, that we wear the right outfits. You know, people won't buy a knockoff suit or knockoff tie. We worry about all of those external things and we turn over our most important asset, our body, we turn it over to someone to dictate to us. We won't listen to anyone else when it comes down to making decisions other than our bodies. And I say that's not just a tragedy, it's a Shakespearean tragedy that we need to turn around and turn it into a love story that we should love ourselves and give it the same level of emphasis that we give everything else. I couldn't agree more. And fortunately, things are starting to shift that way. And I know you've done a lot of powerful work to help keep that momentum going the right direction. And I commend you for that. And I appreciate all the work that you've contributed to this movement. Now, Eric, I know we have to set this thing down. I know you got a hard deadline. You have things to do. Times are uncertain right now and you're busy with things going on. So I appreciate the moments you have given me. Before we do set this thing down, is there anything that you'd like to add to the conversation or anything I may have missed that you'd like to contribute? Yes, coronavirus. This is full circle. We created this type of illnesses that are coming forward because of our lifestyle. Scientists have been telling us for years that our overuse of antibiotics, overconsumption of meat in America and across the globe, the burning of the rainforest, we knew we were creating superbugs. We know that we're going to start hit with these issues more and more. So by going to a whole food plant-based diet, not only are you going to help your mother, but you're going to help Mother Earth. We can start turning this around before it's too late. And when you look at the fact that these viruses and other illnesses come because we have destroyed our immune system. Our immune system is the army that protects us. 
And if that army is malnourished, it cannot do its job. We're bombarded every day by bugs and different things that want to destroy our bodies, but our immune system fight those drugs off. But if it's a weak immune system, it's not going to be able to fight at the capacity that it should. I'm sitting here now as I talk to you, drinking my green smoothie every day. That's what I start my day with. And throughout the day, I'm giving my body the food it needs so it can build itself. So I want to encourage people, as we go through the uncertainty of the time, the anxiety can turn into clarity. Eat right, eat whole food, plant-based diet, meditate, take time out for yourself, exercise. You want to get prepared to fight diseases and viruses like this, you build this stronger immune system. And nothing is more important to tell people than that. Empower yourself. Don't look for some type of vaccine. The vaccine is here. It's in kale. It's in spinach. It's in lettuce. It's in red bell peppers. It's in broccoli. It's here already. That's your vaccine. Inject yourself with foods like that and put down those foods that's destroying your immune system. Well said. Way to land this thing down. To add to that, there's something you said earlier. Find your purpose now. No better time. We got a little time. We can do that. I know you got to go, so I'll end it on this. Thank you kindly for spending some time with me today. I truly mean that. You're a man on a mission. And the way that you live your life and the work that you do is not only admirable, it's impactful. Thank you for your service to humanity, Derek. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Marco. Take care. Powerful, emotional, and inspirational are a few words that come to mind after listening to Eric speak. He doesn't mince his words, and his mission is steadfast. I love how he changed not only the food he consumed, but also the new habits that he formed, from meditation to exercising and even the power of intentional thinking. That's a significant commitment and a true lifestyle shift. It's remarkable to me because when I embarked on my own life shift, I sometimes found myself questioning whether or not what I was feeling from an emotional and from a spiritual standpoint was just my own experience or was it something everyone experiences. I've since learned that everyone feels it. And once you feel it, it becomes undeniable. You simply cannot ignore it. And if you do, it takes a great deal of effort to do so. Like Eric said, I respectfully challenge everyone out there listening to find your purpose. And if you have already found your purpose, ask what you can do to improve upon what you've already built. There is always room to learn and there's always room to grow. I sincerely hope you enjoyed listening to Eric's story. Please be sure to check out my show notes for links to learn more about Eric and his work. It's impressive. I'll end on this. I know that times are uncertain right now for a lot of us, myself included. What is happening in the world right now is unprecedented, and it knows no color, belief, political affiliation, or gender. In some way, it affects us all. Now is the time, more than ever, for humanity to rise up and work as one to evolve and step into the next chapter of our existence. I truly believe that we will overcome, and not only that, we will awaken to our true essence, our purpose, our dharma. Thank you for the time, and thank you for listening. It truly means a lot. Until next time, peace, love, and plants.